Welcome to Space Talks. This is a monthly podcast series where we interview some of the industry's thought leaders around a variety of topics pertaining to the business world. We will endeavor to tackle topics such as diversity and inclusion, recruitment strategies, industry trends, technology advancements, the startup and scale-up ecosystem, and the post-COVID world. In this month's pod, we have our London director, Luke Skinner, interviewing Accenture's Managing Director, Alishi Akechi, on topics relating to diversity and inclusion. Part two of four starts now. I guess for you and, and what you've seen and what you've been a part of, I guess, what benefits have you seen from a more sort of cognitively diverse team and, and what you've put together? Um, well, this is an interesting point for me because um, it's not just about diversity. And if, if an organisation makes, makes the topic just about diversity, we've already lost and there are no benefits. Yeah. Um, but for me, um, diversity is, is one like third of the armor around diversity, inclusion and belonging um, and is, is, is pretty useless on its own as a measure. Um, diversity is, is really simply ensuring that the people across the table are diverse. But that doesn't mean that you're actually addressing the underlying root cause challenge. Do people feel included? And do people feel like they belong? For me, I love the analogy around dance and it's not just because I'm a dancer, but potentially it is. Um, but, but diversity, I see that as being invited to the dance. Inclusion is being invited to dance and belonging is being able and being asked to pick the song of your choice. So I think if we wisely use all of these three things, then ultimately we are creating more positive emotions. And that's what you want, ultimately. You want, in terms of the, the benefits from diversity, inclusion and belonging, you, you want something which is going to generate positive emotions. And I, by that, I mean feelings of hope, um, of certainty, of motivation, of aspiration, um, creativity. I think all of these things come from when People feel like they're listened to. People feel like I have a place at this table. It may be a bit scary um, because I've never done it before and nobody else here looks like me. But if I realise that I'm here, not just because of what I look like now, but because I gen people genuinely want my opinion, then I'm probably going to naturally have more opinion. That, that's just human intuition. I'm probably I'm going to feel more comfortable to give my my point of view and I and I'm probably not going to suppress some of the things that I've had say because I feel this is a safe environment for me to actually put my hand up because I'm constantly being asked hey not only have I been invited you know to the dance or to the table um not only have I been invited to speak um, or to, to dance, but I'm constantly being asked, hey, what, what's your opinion on, on this particular point? Or do you want to take ownership of this particular segment, right? In terms of you picking the song. So that aspect of belonging and inclusion, you get no benefits if you are just looking at diversity. It has to be um, the three of them together for me. And we talk a lot about diversity and inclusion, diversity and inclusion. Even that's not enough for me. Um, you know, we, we, you need to go that extra mile and making people feel like they belong. The minute you get that, you have a family mechanism. You know, they say you can't pick your family. 
this is this is what you know being in a team is like you can't pick sometimes who will be in your team clearly you can right um but but in general sometimes you you can't always handpick everything and i think it's always creating that ability of, of you know making sure people feel like this is a family orientated environment because i'm sure luke that you know it's the people closest to you who you have those positive emotions with the love the emotions of love and safety that you feel completely yourself with and you will always be you know all the variations of loop right yeah. um and i know that's the same for me you know some of my siblings will be like hold on mate you're you're an md at Accenture, aren't you <laughs> you know when i'm being really silly or you know do you know making jokes or whatever it is right and they're just looking at their big sister um, so I think creating that kind of that 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 unit gives you so many benefits to ensure that that team are always showing up. They're showing up because they want to do something. They want to be impactful. They're not just showing up to tick boxes, but they're showing up, you know, with the as you say, you know, the heart of the law as opposed to the letter of the law. And you get you get far more from a team that way. No, it's an excellent point. Yeah, I think particularly around you know, having the heart at the centre of more of what you do and, and, that, and that belonging piece is, I feel that's essential. And I think that is often overlooked. It turns into more of a, a metric game. So that's quite interesting. And I think, you know, it moves us quite nicely on. And I think we've answered a, a fair bit of this question in, in previous to what you've said. But I guess if we're just looking at one or your biggest piece of advice, you know, for companies or making them aware of how to continue to drive the diversity and inclusion and that belonging, um and the wider topics that come along with that is there is there one thing that that we can all do a little bit better i think out of the some of the topics that you've mentioned already um so i think the writing that i feel like the 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 four things that i mentioned really address this right so firms need to educate advocate invest and reevaluate the one thing i think firms could do more of right now is 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 this aspect of belonging um, because always DNI is just branded now. It's, you know, it's okay, DNI. You know, uh, okay, diversity. Uh, okay, in, in inclusion. Um, but I think if we if we if we think about feelings, right, which we don't tend to talk about that often, the feeling to feel like you belong is a very very human feeling that most people want. We all want to belong, whether in a, in a relationship, in a family, in a team you know, with friends, whatever it is, we want that feeling. Exactly. We need that. And I think that's the thing that we don't talk about. We just talk about, yeah, diversity. If, if I, you know, if I add, if I add a black person and if I add a female and if I add somebody from the LGBT community, I'm good. No, you're not actually, because you also need to make that person feel included and also feel that they belong. And I think that's the bit that we miss. We miss the inclusion piece and we miss the belonging piece. And we completely overlook the belonging piece. We never talk about that. You know, it, it's it's more than DNI now. We have evolved from DNI. And I think if firms almost work backwards and worry about how to make people feel like they belong, naturally you will get inclusion and diversity because you're trying to make everyone feel like they belong. You're not just saying, hey, I'm just going to tick a box and I just want to, you know, get myself some diversity and, you know, you know, make everyone silent. So I think working backwards really on the belonging piece is, is, is the one thing that firms should do because that's what they're not doing right now. 
And then on top of that, it would be the four things I mentioned. No, absolutely. I think that's, you know, it's brilliant because I think it just encompasses a lot of what we've just discussed, but, you know, gives some people something more to action, which, you know, a lot of our conversation today is around that and, and how we action what we speak about and what we're committing to. And I guess the, the last question on that particular topic would be, you know, we are cognizant of the fact that we are moving the dial and, and people are beginning to understand the issues and beginning to implement solutions. But are there any real positive examples that you've seen out there that you can sort of herald today for us that you've seen so far? I think the fact that we are, as you say, we are moving the dial slowly um, is incredible. I mean, I I was super impressed that I was, um, you know, I was in I was in a meeting um, uh, probably about six months ago, or yeah, about five six months ago, and it included the um, the CEO of our UK business in the UK, along with. Um, some of the other um, managing directors who are black, the, the black managing directors in the UK, and um, we we have a regular a regular meeting, a quarterly connect, and uh, clearly a lot of things had happened had happened at this particular point in time, and it was just in, in this particular call we, we were clearly talking about the the recent events around George Floyd and 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 everything else that had happened on on the topic of racism in 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 um around May and June um but we we had also obviously had a, a list of other things that we want that we were just talking about naturally given that this was a, a recurring meeting and I think it really dawned on um on our CEO of the UK um who who is a a very you know British white male middle-aged man um, and a great guy um, I think it really dawned on him from listening to the real lived experiences um, of other people um, what this particular community of black people had felt like and had been feeling like for so long and he gave a story and he, he, he gave a story of um, a, a, a meeting he had with um, our board so the wider Accenture Global Board um, of very senior people, you know, we're 500,000 people globally. Um, so you can imagine the board has got very few people on. And one chap on the board is, um, is, a, is a man of colour. And it was just the funniest thing when he was actually explaining the story from this guy, because he had said, you know, that this guy had been stopped in Washington on his wedding day in Washington, D.C., because he was black. So he'd been stopped in his car on his wedding day in a nice car and it was because he was black. And typically that's not the chat I hear during my corporate working hours. I've heard that statement before. before. Oh, it's because, because this person's black or because I'm black. I've heard that many times before, but maybe, you know, um, after work, um, certainly not from a corporate middle-aged white man and he was telling me about somebody else's lived experience and actually genuinely believed it and genuinely was concerned by it. So for me, that was a game changer. That was like, okay, we have really, you know, moved from, moved from, as you say, um, understanding the lived experiences of other people a lot more and really having empathy um, and I think that's just one example and that's just a human example. But I think a lot of organisations, you know, have gone above and beyond. You know, I work very closely with business in the community 
Um, and what I love about what they're doing is, um, you know, they are working very closely with all regions across the UK to, you know, build back better, right? Build the UK back better as part of their Build Back Better scheme. And um, that is heavily focused on everything that's happening with COVID. But as part of that Build Back Better scheme, diversity and inclusion and belonging is absolutely one of their, you know, the prime factors, the prime initiatives that they are that they are focused on. And I think the other kind of really impressive initiatives I see is when competitors work together as well on this topic and competitors stand together and they amplify their voices even louder because they are, you know, coming together on a common goal that is very much needed and they're setting aside the fact that they are competitors, right? So whether it's Tesco's and Sainsbury's or, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Prada and, and uh, D&G, who, whoever, right? But competitors coming together. And I think we've seen a lot of examples of that. So that's been quite impressive. No, it's brilliant to hear some positive stories around it. I know um, there are some really great bits of work being done and it's really good to hear that you know some are, are in your boardroom and there's plenty of other really really good stories and I think it's also important that we do highlight that as well as go through you know some of the things that can be done better and some of the things that are being done in the wider market but look, I'd love to take it on a slightly more you know personal touch to you and um, and your sort of situation and your you know your learnings from when you were from when you were younger not to say you're not now Bonnie but you're catching up now and as an MD and you've gone through that journey I guess what have been some of the toughest challenges today as a sort of young black female and those barriers and how were they overcome yeah um so so I think you know I, I remember someone asked me just before I made MD how have you faced any um, challenges being a, a black female in the workplace? And I, I, I was about to immediately respond with a no. And then I paused and I was like, I responded with, well, no, but not that I know, I know of, right? Okay. And there are, the, the, I, sometimes I do, I do listen, I, I, I really try and dig deep. And I've done this with my husband. I try and dig deep and, and say, where are the, you know, the, the, for me, the experiences where I have felt X, you know, and in terms of challenge being black and I'm sure they exist, but I don't have many examples where I can, I can say, okay, this is something that I felt because I was black. I have, you know, there's lots of smaller, you know, microaggressions that you tend, you tend to go with. I have a, a mixed group of of people around me in terms of friends and colleagues etc and there's lots of microaggressions um that I could talk about all day but in terms of um impacts because I am black I have felt less and I but I think that could be because I already don't allow that to exist in my mind yeah, yeah. and I think growing up that was for me one of the biggest things I had absolutely inferiority complex as I was growing up you know, potentially for a few years as I was a teenager, um, you know, growing up in, in in Wimbledon, which is very predominantly white, I learned very quickly that not a lot of people look like me. Um, I recall my when we moved to Wimbledon when I was like four, I remember mum said to us all, don't tell anyone that we came from Brixton, right? Because that was where we had come from. So we learned from day one, we have to fit in and I think that teaching to me and my dad you know having had a scholarship from Nigeria to come over to this country 
and um, you know both my mum and dad really wanting to um, give us the best opportunity in life um, that 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 I think that kind of upbringing of you have to work hard and you have to work even harder than your peers and you have to work harder than your white peers you have to work hard just to get to the level of equality just became a regular drumbeat in my mind so I think that mindset of you know I can walk into a room be the only black person I'm good I'm fine with that and I think that mindset is a thing that has helped probably overcome any challenges that may have existed because I was black I wouldn't have let it bother me I would put my hand up speak up you know I, I that that's that for me is is um it's pretty key because when I do speak to other people whether they are peers or whether they are juniors um that's not always the case and I I it's, it's remarkable to me um not that that it, not that it's a different lived experience it's remarkable that the lived experiences could be so different based on maybe um that mindset and I think I think that's the thing that has kept me kept me kind of going so no there are no big moments in terms of barriers that I believe I faced if your question is being a you know a young black female um you know I certainly remember being told I wasn't grey-haired enough for a certain meeting with a senior client and I went ahead and I was like okay well the only way to overcome this is to wow them is to make sure that that's not even a factor and that's what I did. So again, you've got to train your mind in that situation. If someone says, hey, you're not gray haired enough. I am, I can do this. I'm not gonna let you believe that I can't do this. And just because, hey, you know, even if you believe that you have to be, you know, a certain age or look a certain way or be a certain gender or, you know, whatever, um, actually the, the 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 competitive spirit in me in terms of proving somebody wrong far more outweighs um, the uh the ability of of fearing a mistake I may make so I think you've got to you've got to kind of go in there head on and believe in yourself and if you don't you've got to train your mind to believe in yourself and that could be repetitive speaking um it could be recording yourself it could be completely being prepped on your your key messages and just being super structured but those, those are yeah hopefully that gives uh, that gives some flavor um now there are definitely challenges I faced in my career um but I think that that mindset of you know focusing in on things that I can change as opposed to things that I just can't and with the things that I can't you know crack on with it, it, it the mindset for me is number one yeah, definitely. And that mindset and inspiring confidence into yourself, you've, you know, you, you've clearly demonstrated that. And it's it's been an amazing, and I can tell just from speaking to you and, you know, the conversations we've had in the past, it's incredible that, yeah, I guess that mindset that you've, you've built over time is, is, is magical in terms of how it creates the advocacy for other people and it helps drive that agenda forward, even probably without you realising at times. I think that's a huge part of who you are and that's really really impressive thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoyed this week's podcast please also make sure to follow space executive the multinational recruitment business on linkedin or twitter at space executive